Hello and welcome. This is the Ultra Working Podcast. I am Chris Natterer and I'm joined again today by Andy Banyas. Andy Banyas. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I flipped the pronunciation of those two vocals in there. Andy, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for asking. I just finished a workout, actually. Nice. How are you? Oh, nice. So you'll be in an excellent position, potentially, to recall a lot of things. Um, because <laughs> what we want to look, look at today is a paper that has the name, The Effects of Different Protocols of Physical Exercise and Rest on Long-Term Memory. And this was done at the School of Psychology at the University of Kent in the UK. And this is a pretty cool paper, I think. Uh, you know, basically all we do here, we generally look for stuff that we can that we can route back to some kind of mental performance. So we, you know, I've personally and you as well, we find papers that are dealing with physical exercise highly interesting. And here we have an overlap in that they're taking a concept that you know we, we do every day, which is or fairly regularly, which is working out, and they're relating it to something that we're also really interested in, which is mental performance. In this case, it's a memory recall test. So basically, if you want to remember something for a long time, does physical exercise help with that? And what kind of physical exercise helps the most with that? That's sort of the overarching question that they're, they're asking here. And um, yeah, maybe we can, we can take the we can take the conclusion of the paper to the front so you don't have to listen to everything if you just want to get the gist and a quick takeaway what was sort of the quick takeaway if you want to you know summarize it quickly andy from this paper um it was basically about how moderate intensity exercises and a bit of rest i think active rest was the one that was most beneficial in prolonging memory or encouraging memory. I think that was basically what the conclusion was from the paper. Yeah, they exactly. So they tested different kinds of physical exercise intensity levels. So they tested low intensity, steady state, like something like being on a bicycle at a very low heart rate, being on a bicycle at a moderate heart rate, and being on a bicycle at a really intense exercise level against other things like high intensity interval training and also less demanding states like they call it wakeful rest i had to look that term up and i saw that you also had to look that term me up. too I mean, yeah <laughs> we both had our definitions in there and wakeful rest is basically you're awake but you're not doing any cognitively engaging work you're just sort of you know along with your thoughts i don't know some kind of i guess meditation or just just relaxing on the couch would, would, would satisfy this requirement. And the next one is active rest, which is when you're not physically engaged, but you're mentally engaged. And this is interesting because this is actually, so let's say you're, you're, you learned something or you studied something. Active rest would be something like right afterwards, maybe playing with your phone or watching a video that is unrelated. And that actually performed pretty poorly in the study from what I um, saw in the data. And this is something that's like really, really common, actually. So I think, um, I think active rest seems to be more common, if I look in my life, than, than wakeful rest and passive rest. 
But based on the study, and we're going into it a little bit more in a bit, active rest is not the right approach to remembering um, things. So let's start from the top. And do you want to give a brief uh, sort of introduction into what the study design looked like? Um, actually, I wanted to start a bit from our conversation prior to coming up with this paper because I came across idea from a friend of mine where he said that he really enjoys listening to his audiobooks or his podcasts whenever he works out. And I was wondering if it would be distracting for him or it would divide his attention because right. I... I feel the need to focus more when I'm working out or I'm lifting. So I it confused me a little bit. And I was wondering if there was any science behind it, if it actually helps you retain more information if you're listening to podcasts or audiobooks when you're working out. And so I started looking through it and then I shared it with you. And then you sent me this, this study, this science paper. And then so from there, it was I was able to... We we suddenly started talking about how um, it's interesting that it varies. I think so. The, in the paper, they were discussing how some of the so some of the results are actually not like it varies. I think from the beginning of the paper, it said that there were different studies that the results were varying, and I think the the number of people, the sample size is is also pretty small. So. Right. Uh, just for clar to clarify, we the study said that they only tested, I think, 59 people to see what the results were on their memory. That's why they yeah. started try. They did three different tests, if I'm correct, if I remember correctly. They did three different tests where in the first one, they tested the different moderate moderation. So light, moderate, and then heavy. And then they they got the best results the one with the best results and then they tested that against oh with both active and passive rest and then the best results from that they tested against a group that did hit instead of any high intensity interval training instead of all the other types of exercises but i think that was it basically and then they they tried to see what the best results were and that's how they came up with moderate intensity would work best with active rest to help with memory retention that's sort of right. how i got it yeah yeah it's interesting when you look at the introduction of all of these papers where they're usually quoting prior research giving sort of introduction in what has been done before and how does this study then fit in with the larger picture and and sort of the the body of, of the scientific literature that has been established and tests had been done and it has been shown on before this paper that certain kinds of exercise are better than not doing any kind of exercise, but they wanted to see how the intensity level, which intensity level is the most beneficial and how it compares against things like yeah, active rest, passive rest, or high-intensity interval training. And yeah, as you said, they had 59 subjects. The average age was somewhere in the range of like 20 years, slightly below 20 years Yeah, old. like early 20s, yeah. Yeah, and they divided them into three different groups, three experimental groups. And each experimental group had three different 
tests, three different cycles, you could call it, experimental cycles that consisted of four phases. So the, the, this is what the, the tests look like. They're doing a so-called encoding phase. In that encoding phase, they're, sh they're showing their um, participants image word pairs that have been randomly selected from a larger subset. And the participants have to look at these image word pairs and memorize the concept of the image that they're seeing for actually really short, for just for one second. So they're being displayed an image word pair for one second, followed by a two second fixation cross. So I, I think this is like a blank page where they're sort of, you know, sort of you get one picture, then you get a, a blank page, then you get the next picture. Right after that encoding phase, they're now um, doing this intervention. And this intervention consisted of either a low intensity exercise or high intensity exercise or rest, all of these different things that we mentioned. Then they go into a retention phase where basically they are not doing anything. They have to, they have to just pass the time um, until they're then in the last phase need to recognize a new set of, so if you don't understand, this is called an old new recognition task. This is a, a task that has been used wildly or is used wildly in, in the study of long-term memory. And um, they're basically being tested on the performance of this particular test, on this particular task. And um, yeah, I mean, I think the, the quick summary we already brought it at the beginning and it tested this. This is also when you look at this, like very often I have to really, I'm, I'm going through this and I have to constantly look up words because of, um, it's sometimes a statistical, statistical terms that I'm not exactly sure what this means. Sometimes it's experimental designs where I'm not sure exactly what this experimental design means. And sometimes it's specific terms like a wakeful rest or passive rest where I'm like, okay, what exactly do they mean by wakeful rest? And, um, yeah, long, long story short, the, it seemed in this study, if you presented these images and then you do a 30 minute workout at a moderate level of intensity, that is sort of the best it was in this design, the best kind of exertion that helped you to recall the most pictures at a later stage and yeah what are the what are the conclusions for for us to work out in the middle of the day <laughs> to to do your studies in the morning and then work out in the middle of the day no but like one thing i found interesting which you mentioned earlier or before when we were discussing it it um, was how the difference between the moderate intent the moderate intensity of a workout with hit and how if it's a moderate intensity workout the the recall post workout is pretty good for hit not so much but 24 hours afterwards you mentioned that hit uh, doing a hit workout helps with memory retention which i found really strange for that to happen because i mean how like it's just i'm curious about how that works but i've heard that just doing those short bouts of 
really intense working workouts even 20 seconds or a minute long of a workout is actually really good for you just you just have to get your heart rate really high and then i think there's probably something with oxygen or your breathing or whatever there's i think there's some science to it that helps with getting your getting more oxygen to your brain or something like that to help you with remembering things yeah i didn't uh do you see any kind of explanation in this paper? Because I didn't, I didn't uh, find. Let me see if, if there was some actual. So at the moment we found this. So there are these results now. We know that okay, moderate exercise is better than low exercise, which is still better than um, just like sitting on the couch playing with your phone or watching a video, which is less good than sitting on the couch and doing nothing. It's it's interesting, but I'm like. There isn't necessarily yet a clear mechanism of action established here. Like, why is it better for you to do some kind of exercise right after um, trying to remember or trying to study something that you want to remember in the future? So, mm-hmm. might have might have to do with oxygen. I'm not sure if they were able to um, establish that. Yeah, I don't think they. I don't think they discussed it in the paper, but this is me like looking at other things that I listened to. I was listening to something else and then they just mentioned something about how... Yeah, there is this There is this thing. I, I learned about this a long... I mean, memory itself is super interesting. I have a... This is another like... Memory? Yeah, just memory, in, <laughs> memory in general, like how to remember things and what helps... <laughs> There is this concept in memory called long-term potentiation, I think is the process by which memory gets encoded or is part of the process by which memory gets encoded. And, you know, they get in some part of the paper, they, they talk about several mechanisms may exist by which exercise can induce memory enhancement. Uh, then mm-hmm. so-and-so evaluated the level of influence that physical exercise may have on long-term potentiation, which is considered to be an important correlate of episodic memory. And then they were they go into it and it, it really breaks down. They become, they get very, very technical where it says, you know, the specific effects that physical exercise may have on something like the glial cells discusses the potential role that glial cells may have in the physical exercise episodic memory function relationship. So looking at exactly the, you know, very low level sort of almost like the hard drive, how does the hard drive actually write the data on the, the storage medium? But uh, yeah, it's, it's, I don't think it's at this point clear there when you exercise, your body releases a large set of neurotransmitters one that i mentioned here is something called bdnf brain derived nootropic factor neurotropic factor mm-hmm. and which is very important for the generation of of um, neurons and yeah but it's i think most of that is at the moment speculative sort of we we know that experimentally now we know okay exercise helps we don't know exactly why it helps i don't think that has been really really established and then to the, the term before with the high intensity exercise yeah, that's that's really interesting that it helps with recall so w- watching these memory tests then working out intensely 
does help mm -hmm. you to remember them, but only once you've recovered from the actual exercise, it seems. So right after, um, if I like let you work out really, really hard right after, it seems that you're like either, you know, could, could just call it too exhausted or too much other stuff is still going on in your body. And that, that actually impairs your ability to recall these words. But then as time passes and you come back to baseline, then you can actually recall these words better. I'm wondering how these tests affect, because the tests were mostly around short-term memory retention. But if I remember correctly, in the beginning of the, the paper, in the abstract, it was targeted along the lines of uh, aging and in how one of the the sicknesses that we're trying to alleviate is Alzheimer's and how we could prevent that from happening. And they said that this was one of the the actionable things for preventing it, promoting moderate exercises and the active or passive active rest or passive rest i think but rest yeah. basically yeah i think pa pa passive yeah. rest one out active rest is yeah, i've heard rest. this whole active rest thing in a in a very different context in the in the context of studying in general that it's really really counterproductive to study something intensely to study intensely and then switch, for example, from studying intensely to playing a computer game, for example. You're, you're keeping your mind engaged with a task that is, it's sort of using your, your it's using your cognitive capability. Low yield. Yeah. Well, it's using, it's sort of the, instead of use, giving it complete rest, where now your mind can sort of use its capacity to actually encode and write all of the stuff that you studied from short-term into long-term memory, you're, you're, you're using your capacity for something else that doesn't help really, but it's keeping your, your, your yeah, capabilities occupied so it can't use it for actually saving stuff. So that's like the... You know. Yeah, so it's more of a distraction rather than actual rest that will help you with memory retention. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. So... Um, yeah, I, in the um, in an episode I recorded just a couple of days ago, I mentioned I had read a book in in university that was called something like "Learning Made Simple," and the author proposed very clear rest protocols. So, for example, after every let's say you're learning very simple, you're learning a, a new word or a new concept or a new yeah, vocabulary for language. After each language. He would say, sort of close your eyes or look into the distance for 15 to 20 seconds. Sort of like give your mind like a super short term break. Then after, then after, let's say, you know, five minutes, you take like a 30 second rest period. Mm -hmm. This is for studying specifically. This is not necessarily for work. This is for learning new concepts. So this has, this is not necessarily aimed at improving focus or concentration, but specifically, I think aimed at you, yeah, almost like a, you know, like a, in the past when you, when computers were really slow, like still like 15 years ago or so, when you wanted to save your word document, like you yeah. hit like the save button and then the little, um, the little, uh, sand, uh, 
clock would appear in you know, the little yeah, frame, I don't like know why symbol. <laughs> and it would take um well it would take like it would take some serious time mm-hmm. to actually save the document and i think that's sort of the metaphor here you you you're learning and then you're saving and in the save saving period you couldn't use the computer. It was now busy with the saving. And um, that as a metaphor. So you learn something for a couple of minutes and then you take a 30 second block of passive rest where you're just doing nothing. You're sort of disengaging and this gives your brain time to store more of that information. Basically downloading mm-hmm. it to yourself. <laughs> exactly. For the exercise aficionados out there uh, do you do Andy? when you work out do you ever measure your your heart rate and try to hit like a specific heart rate level because they um, basically the way they defined what was considered high intensity and low intensity and moderate intensity was based on the heart rate so they would do um four minutes of cycling on a ergonomic exercise bike for the continuous exercise part, then one minute of rest. And they would, they would do this uh, for 30 minutes total. So that means six, six of these four minute on one minute rest cycles. And the resistance of the exercise bikes was adjusted so that the heart rate would match the um, participants maximum heart rate levels and the conditions were the low intensity group did 55 to 65 percent of the maximum heart rate the moderate intensity group was in the 65 to 75 percent heart rate and the high intensity group was in the 75 to 85 percent heart rate and this was based on a age predicted maximum heart rate equation. You can look this up. It's fairly simple. Um, it's pretty precise, actually, to you take your, you take uh, your age. That is the, the most important factor for determining your max heart rate. And usually as uh, you age, your, your max heart rate will slowly go down. And yeah, the, it seems that like if we're, in, if we're in the low group, if your body wasn't really working too hard, then the effects on your memory were present, but not maximized. Then it, it, then it went to, to its peak and then it um, dropped once the intensity became too high again. So you have like this, this um, I mean, what is, what, is the, what is the opposite of the U-shape? You have a, just a, like a, a bell, bell curve kind of shape with, the, um, with your heart rate to memory recall. Um, Annie, do you ever measure your heart rate when you work out? Is this something that you ever done? Not purposely, purposely, but my watch uh, records it sometimes. So when I just want to check, I can look, but it's not that big of a deal right now. So I don't constantly check it. I'm still trying to work on just consistency first, and then maybe eventually yeah, look at that. Do you look at your heart rate when you do your workouts? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I've done a lot of zone two training. I would only have to calculate. I don't know exactly 
what percentage of my max heart rate zone to translate. So I'd have to see exactly what this means if I'm in this low intensity, moderate intensity or high intensity mm -hmm. group based on the numbers here. I, I think it's, I think it might be low intensity, actually. I think uh, they they worked out a little bit harder than what I do when I do zone two training. Zone two is basically, you have these different exercises. Um, yeah, you basically have um, zone one, two, and three, not necessarily based on the heart rate, they're technically based on how much oxygen you're using or what kind of metabol metabolic systems you're, you're um, utilizing. But it, it's very easily to, so heart rate serves as a really good predictor. So if you're roughly in, a, in the same heart rate, then you generally will use a certain energy system in your, in your body and can be very easily, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Estimated with that. Yeah. And there are, seems to be like really good benefits for being, for spending a lot of time each week in a low low to moderate intensity state for long-term health in this case. But as we, as we see now here in the study, also for memory. For so I don't know, it could be, it would be interesting to see. So they did, they did memory, then exercise. It would be interesting to see what happens when you try to remember something while you're already exercising. This has an effect. I wonder if, well... I guess because the exercises that they're doing are the type that are continuous because it's the same thing over and over again. So it might be easier to recall and retain information because that's one of the things I looked at as well when my friend gave me that recommendation to listen to podcasts or listen to an audiobook. If the workout that you're doing is fairly repetitive, so when I looked at articles, it said if it's running or biking, cycling, it's uh, it's the best kind of exercise for you to do these things, the retention and the learning. But basically, those things would be helpful. It's mostly that. As a real learning tool, do you find pure audio listening effective? Because I'm someone, I um, basically for me, it's like podcast listening is entertainment primarily with a little bit of value. But if I'm not reading it, the, my ability to really store it and retain it. And like where I'm considering this as a real learning session is I, I can't really consider it a learning session until I'm, until I'm reading it. Oh, oh, so the reason why we're discussing it is he, my friend, he is more of a listener for mm. him to retain information rather than a reader because he was never a reader. Mm. And some people, I'm also, I can actually do both. I enjoy reading and I enjoy listening to audiobooks and podcasts. It probably varies. So if it's more light reading, I can do the audiobook. But if it's something that I want to study more in depth, then I'll probably get the book. If I want super in depth, then I'll get the physical book. For some reason, the Kindle, as much as it's helpful for me whenever I move around, I don't know what it is, but it's basically having the physical book where I can highlight stuff and write things down that's beneficial. But I think it, it really varies from person to person how right. their method, their, the most effective method for learning or retaining information is for them. So I think it's okay. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I love listening to something like, to material where I don't necessarily benefit from 
like like hard hard memory memorizing any specific mm -hmm. facts for example an autobiography you need to get the gist of it you don't necessarily need to recall any dates or any formulas or any specific step-by-step -step instructions to do something but when it's when it comes to something like more fundamental studying i absolutely need to see something written it doesn't even exist until i see it written it's the same as author with, with like for example someone tells me their name i can repeat it like three times and maybe it sticks but when i type the name in my phone for example then i'm like now the name is stored like once it's actually written yeah. so yeah it's yeah. just interesting how, how different that works um okay i think yeah i mean the, the you know we could have made this really really short um The takeaways are, yes, moderate intensity has the most beneficial effects on memory performance. It's not really necessary to uh, push yourself to extreme levels to achieve clear, observable uh, cognitive improvements. It has also shown that short periods of uninterrupted wakeful rest after learning can increase the likelihood of remembering at a later date and is much better than doing the uh, active rest which is you know relaxing physically but keeping your mind engaged watching a video or playing a game i would refrain from doing that if you want to maximize the effects of your of your study sessions i think that's that summarizes the findings from this paper the most and yeah it's not necessarily something i think it's like a piece to the puzzle and Some of the findings in this, I've, I'm pretty sure I've read in sort of some, you know, popular science books on on cognitive performance recall studying in the past. But yeah, this was a uh, this was sort of the uh, primary source going to the source material for memory recall. Any any anything else to add, Andy, or did we cover most of it? I think that's mostly it. Um, okay, then uh, yeah, thank you for going through this with me. Uh, definitely took away some, some of it. And uh, dear listener, thank you for listening. Until next time, be well.